Welcome to the Possibly Haunted Podcast. everyone and welcome to another edition of I Scream Social. Nice little palate cleanser in between our three-part series. Um, this episode is brought to you by Heather and uh, this is going to be this is going to be a slightly different uh, format than I normally do. I'm kind of free thinking, free talking. Um, there's a little prep involved obviously but I'm, I'm more just kind of having a conversation with myself as well as with y'all, even though I can't hear your responses. <laughs> um, and we're just, uh, you know, we're going to see how it goes. Um, before that, all that happens, I'm just going to say it's almost September. I am super excited that we're getting closer to fall and fall weather and fall things, fall activities that are safe to do in the middle of a pandemic, you know, all that good stuff. I am currently growing volunteer pumpkins that literally sprouted from the pumpkins I left out to naturally decompose that did not create a mess or a smell and decided to take root <laughs> and grow. And the plant is huge and the baby pumpkins are coming in, but they're not quite lasting. I've never grown pumpkins before. So um, I'm hoping because they were a slightly later, you know, plant maybe. And we had a delayed spring and all of that because we're in Texas. We had that huge winter storm. Um, I'm hoping that I can get even the world's smallest baby pumpkin, but just something because I'm really excited about that and fall and all of that good stuff. So I hope y'all are having a great Tuesday, a great almost September, a great almost fall and all of that good stuff. So this episode was actually inspired by uh, a conference that Kat and I actually went to in September of 2015, many moons ago. Many moons ago, I had just started um, the PhD program, uh, and Cat uh, was already a year ahead of me in the PhD program. And I can't exactly remember; it might have been both of our advisor um, who kind of shifted this conference to us. But basically, it was held in Oxford, England. Very fancy. We both got funding for it. Thank goodness. Um, and it was, the conference was literally about evil women and we met a lot of amazing people. I believe Kat and I were the only musicians there cause it was an interdisciplinary conference. We had a lot of writers, um, both in, you know, newspapers or novels or academic writing, a uh, really nice wide variety, um, of people. And, uh, I think we all have some, we also had some film people it's it's been so long it's kind of hard to remember every single field um but it was a, it was a great group um i think we had one man and the rest were women and actually you know one of them um heather Mosier, uh who has done a couple of our quarantine slash story time videos um who does a lot of folk tale, uh, ghost hunting, uh, cryptid hunting kind of things. 
Um, she actually is doing quite a bit. I, I, we, I, we obviously follow her on Facebook and she's doing so many amazing things, um, that I can't wait to check, check out. And, uh, maybe I'll, I'll do a little list in uh, a post, a nice little shout out to her. Um, cause that's where we met her and we met a bunch of other amazing people. And some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, um, was discussed in the different papers as well. It's kind of discussed in everyday conversation, especially if you're a woman. Um, so this isn't necessarily original content, but it is interesting information that as I keep getting older, I, I start to really reflect on and we're seeing more reflection of it in media, but it's just this concept of evil women. Um, you know, and, uh, what, what is, what makes, what makes a woman evil? And is it their actions, is it how they look? I mean, there's so many ways to unpack when you call or present a woman as evil. And in fact, you know, Kat and I did write a paper for this conference where we analyzed uh, an Appalachian ballad um, called Lord Thomas and Fair, Fair Ellender. There's a few different vari variations on the name. And uh, maybe if we do another ice cream social in this topic, I'll actually bring Kat on and we can kind of talk about that experience and um, basically what our paper was about. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting concept to try and think about what makes someone evil. Is it is it because they don't conform to uh, what society thinks a woman should look like? You know, long hair, uh, very modest clothing, absolutely no tattoos, minimal makeup, if any. I mean, obviously these are, um, I, I'm pulling from my own experiences growing up in the United States and then a little bit more narrow of growing up in Texas. Now I grew up in central Texas, um, right along the Bible belt. I, I grew up in a town where there were 68 different types of Christian churches and, uh, we're a really small town. We've got one junior high, one high school. That high school is a 5A, but that's because everyone sent around in the surrounding area sends their school, uh, their kids to that school. But either way, it's a really small town, and to have that many church, Christian churches is just whew, a lot. But um, I, then I did my undergrad, lived in Corpus for five years, and I had to visit Corpus every summer since I'd grown up, and now I live in Lubbock, which is West Texas. Um, Morgan grew up in Baird, which is near Abilene, which is two hours away from Lubbock. I consider it West Texas. She considers it Central. We'll meet in the middle. Um, and then, obviously, y'all know Kat grew up in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and she currently lives in Savannah, Georgia. Um, and I bring all of this up because all of us end up meeting in West Texas through Lubbock. And we ha each have different experiences of being a woman and then for Kat being a woman of color and how all those different experiences kind of exist, you know, at the same time and how we kind of deal with those. I know uh, Kat is much happier in Savannah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of home territory for her, but also she's probably, as she said, you know, says she's in a much more diverse area. And it's not that like that she doesn't experience the issues she experienced here, but it's not as, prominent um and that's just you know it's interesting to think about and it's and i'm bringing all of this up because there are expectations you know 
culturally for the country and then by the state and then even then because especially because texas is so big even by the you know different areas texas when you you know split it up it's like in a five-part climate sections you know so it's just really interesting um so so anything i talk about as far as like expectations of a woman whether it's their appearance actions whatever i'm really pulling from my personal experience from conversations that i've had with colleagues and friends and family um so i just want to make sure i really <laughs> uh you know establish that as our baseline you know because um um most women i would say have struggled and if they think they haven't then i'm uh, first of all i'd be very happy to think that y'all wouldn't have struggled, but also kind of makes me wonder, are you, you know, are you, um, sure. <laughs> Do you just not realize that that's what's happened because you've had some type of privilege that has let you succeed in ways that maybe others haven't because they lack a certain type of privilege. So, you know, just lots, lots of different things. We don't have to get completely into that, but just playing with the idea of what makes uh, a woman evil and, how they're treated in society. And so one of the examples I wanted to talk about, which actually comes from fairy tale, and something that we've all, are all, you know, most of us have heard if we grew up with like Grimm's folklore or like Disney, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the evil queen. Um, it's kind of a go-to one. And the reason it's a go-to one for me is I don't necessarily resonate with the evil queen, but I also don't resonate necessarily with Snow White. It's because it's, it's a, it's not to be Beauty and the Beast, but it's like a tale as old as time. Like I, you know, there's so many variations of Snow White. I kind of feel like Cinderella and, and Snow White is like equivalent to like every Superman and Batman reiteration that we get. And it's like, okay, awesome. We know this story. You're going to do some kind of cool twist. Can we have like a new hero, a new princess? Can we like elaborate and stuff like that? And you know, it's just the, the no matter what, you know, we, we got to get that same story. Like she was evil and she was jealous um, because she wanted to be the fairest of them all. She wanted to be the most beautiful um, woman. And because Snow White was more beautiful than her, she became jealous. She became scared. And then she tried to have her killed. Um, and there's a different, you know variations where the evil queen actually killed Snow White's mom so that she could take power. You know, it just depends on what you're talking about. We're going to talk more about general sense. And so growing up, you're like, oh yeah, she was evil. She was, and all she cared about her looks. And that's another thing is like, all women care about is their looks. And we see that with the evil villain. Um, and she's, you know, she wears all black and she covers her hair, which I think at least, at least with the Disney, um, animation you know she covers her hair and she's just you know and she's also like a witch like that let's just add on top of that she's a witch too like she has evil intentions and she's a witch and then she puts it all together has a huntsman sent after her um like over it like poisons her all this kind of stuff and it wasn't really until honestly um this conference as well as a few other interesting uh, kind of retellings. And we're seeing that a lot more in media. We're seeing retellings of a sympathetic villain. They weren't born evil. Something happened along the way that kind of made them feel like they didn't have a choice. And this is how they responded to it. And they became this particular persona. We saw that with Maleficent and that's another you know thing we can talk about. 
Um, and we do see that with uh, the Evil Queen, specifically in shows like Once Upon a Time. And that's a big, like, it's, it literally revolves around Snow White, Prince Charming, Evil Queen, and then uh, Snow White and Prince Charming's daughter. Um, and then they branch off in different ways, but that's the centerfold. That's the whole thing that makes the show. And throughout the entire thing, we have to see this redemption arc, but then we see it like go back a little bit and then another redemption arc because redemption arcs aren't easy. And in honesty, there's so many movies and shows that just cut that because it's just easier to have the bad guy die saying a good thing instead of making them actually go through the work of apologizing to everyone that had hurt and making the effort and dealing with the fact that people are going to be pissed with you. You see that with this show, Once Upon a Time, and I, you know, so all those combinations, and I'm like, uh, another another thing that kind of also connects to this is actually um, Snow White and the Huntsman. And then there's a, there's a second movie, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically about the Evil Queen's sister because she also becomes evil for various reasons. I don't want to spoil too much. It's And like, you don't have to like Kristen Stewart. You don't have to like Chris Hemsworth. You don't like any of that. But the stories are interesting because in the first version, we actually kind of see what made the Evil Queen do what she did. And this is something that um, a colleague of Cat and I's, Robin, actually pointed out. She does a lot of the Disney research and she points out that at the time for the Evil Queen and Snow White's story, the, the reason women go towards vanity is because it is a special power that they actually can have and control. To an extent, when you, you age, you know, it's, it's harder to control. But in a time where that was your power, of course you'd want to hold on to it. If Whatever you had to go through to get to the power you are, you're going to want to hold on to it because it... In, in your mind, it's so much better than where you were. And so for the Evil Queen, especially in the Kristen Stewart movies, they show her being raided. Like their whole like Viking witchy village being raided. She's stolen. She's a child bride. And her mom even like puts a spell on her so that she can use her beauty against those that hurt her. And then throughout the movies, she goes from king to king to king. Eventually she gets to Snow White's uh, dad, but she's actually, she does this a lot and she plays the innocent, beautiful woman and she has to constantly rejuvenate herself. And then I'm not, don't get me wrong. She does really bad things. She does have like villainous actions and thoughts and behaviors. I'm not trying to defend that. We got to think about where these, where these women come from and why they are the way they are. And especially with this particular story, because I won't go too much into it, you know, if y'all are interested in this, we can, you know, have more episodes about it. But um, beauty was her power. And she found ways to keep it up so that she would always have power and never be helpless. And 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 in that situation, again, then comes along um, Snow White, who is very beautiful. And they also play really on her innocence. And that's, that's, that's what makes her good. And I bring that up because in the original story, once the evil queen is defeated, the new queen, Snow White, punishes her, punishes the evil queen by making her dance to death in red hot iron heels. And while I do believe there needs to be punishment, 
I find that act by itself kind of evil. And it's interesting because we don't see it as evil because Snow White was innocent. She's like, she's the, the perception of innocence. Now, before I go any further, that is not to say um, that victims shouldn't have their justice. I believe victims should have their justice. Abso-freaking-lutely. But I'm just comparing specifically with the story of how, of the actions of these two women and especially because a lot of folklore, a lot of stories are meant to kind of teach lessons and have cultural aspects in them. And so this lesson basically teaches that you, like, <laughs> don't be vain, but also your beauty is super important. Because they hound on the fact that she is this most beautiful woman. Uh, you know, skin super pale. That's a whole different topic to unpack. You know, super rosy lips that are like naturally don't need makeup and super dark hair. Like there's just like vision of beauty. And that's supposed to be like her innocence. But that's how the evil queen started. She was so beautiful and coveted that the king had to have her and stole her. And then we have, you know, we have no idea what she went through. And then she took us like, well, beauty is you know, this coveted thing, then I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to make it mine. It's my power and I'm going to do something with it. Okay. That all said, again, Evil Queen is evil, but there's so many layers. With Snow, uh, with Once Upon a Time's um, storyline, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, um, it's been out for a while though, um, is that, especially with her vendetta against Snow White, um, Snow White told a secret of Regina's, that's her name before she became the evil queen. And that secret cost her the love of her life. And she, it didn't immediately happen. You know, she, there was anger um, towards Snow White and with like conditioning from other people who were not good people for Regina, she slowly became the evil queen. But she actually had a very kind heart at the beginning, and it, there was a lot of other layers that, um, with the show, you can really unpack. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier with Maleficent, and and this basically <laughs> villain origin story, um, she's a very innocent, magical fairy creature in the fairy part of the world, and the human world was kind of uh, right outside their forest. And she was really innocent and she believed a lot of people and she wanted to protect her family and her forest. Um, and she grows up with, uh, like not grows up with, but like frequently throughout their life meets up with the, the soon to be king um, who would be Aurora's dad. And at one point he drugs her. And she's like, she thinks that they're having a romantic moment here. He drugs her. He basically, there's the, there's the representation of rape by him forcefully cutting her wings off of her so that she could no longer like cause damage or fight the humans, brought it back to that king. And that's how he actually became king. Um, and that's when we see that ship. She was betrayed emotionally, physically, mentally, all of that. And so she did what she thought was best to protect the forest. And that includes becoming Maleficent, evil um, version that we know. And she was dealing with actual trauma with no therapist in the forest. And 
this is how she went on thinking that this is like, oh, well, the world's an awful place and I'm just gonna protect, I don't care about humans anymore. Humans are uh, disgusting and I'm just gonna protect the forest. But she also did, you know, those those evil intentions also did affect the, the fairies and the magical creatures in the forest, you know, it's just, but we see why. And of course, I'm not relating this to the original story, but these kind of things are important. We gotta think about why did these women end up the, the way they are. First of all, again, her being evil, there's also ties to the fact that she has magical powers. There's a lot to unpack there too. We don't have time in an ice cream social <laughs> hour. Um, and uh, and it's interesting too, because that story, um, it took a woman, Aurora, to save a woman, Maleficent. And then at the end, Maleficent's the one that actually brings her back with true love's kiss. And that's at least a modern retelling of showing how women can support each other. Um, and that we can kind of see past a lot of the, uh, stereotypes that are placed on women for having short hair or piercings that are, you know, not typical of a proper woman or tattoos or like the clothes that they wear and all of these different things. We, you know, we're starting to see a lot of those retellings in, in, in these stories and, you know, this all can, I mean, there's so many things we can unpack to like show what, what, what's going on. We've talked a little bit about, you know, just witches in general and how they were literally persecuted, especially women who had land, maybe like widowed women who had land and people wanted their land. And so let's make her evil so that we can punish her and take what we want. And that's a common thing we see. And even the depiction of women, you know, there's, there's things going around. I have not done the proper research, so that's my disclaimer about that. But like, you see these things going around talking about how um, in, especially in, you know, like Europe, women were brewers, like beer, ale, brewers, and they were good. They wore the big tall hat so that they could be seen in the market. And some person, some man was like, we really don't want them to do that. We think that's actually a very improper action for a lady. And then, the, then we start seeing this shift. Um, that's a small example. Another example with appearance, especially for witches, is big noses. We see that, that stereotype, that character of big noses, especially with the Jewish people in general, and then especially Jewish women. And there are ties to that, especially when you have Puritan and Christians going after women, uh, accusing them of witchcraft and all this other kind of stuff. And, 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 and I can go all in at another time about how evil villains have been depicted to actually represent a specific class of people. And it became so normal in Hollywood and other animation places that now we just don't even think about it. That's just what like an evil person looks like. But there was a there was an attention behind it. There was a reason. And we just don't think about them because it just kind of happens in our day to day. Now, all of this being said, you can still enjoy Disney. You can still hate the evil queen. You can still, you know, like hate witches, whatever. But I just think it's really important to think about when we call someone evil, regardless of gender, but I'm talking about gender. Why is it? What like, I love there's there's a thing that, you know, I see every every couple of months of just like your first reaction to something most likely is how you were conditioned to react to it. Your second reaction is actually how you feel about it. And that's really important because we have been conditioned and it's so 
naturally ingrained, we just don't even think about it. I teach a lot about this specifically with music, um, but like how music's used, especially in films and movies to affect us or to make something look exotic. And it's like, why are we doing these things? Why, where do they come from? Um, and what effect is happening because of it? And so, but you know, like I said, there's a lot we could talk about if y'all are interested in this topic. Um, you know, I, I can have Kat on my next ice cream social and we can talk specifically about the American Appalachian Ballad, um, especially because that does deal not only with gender, but it actually deals with race as well. And because that's a big part of what, you know, in this story makes the woman who is actually innocent evil and the evil woman innocent and all of that. Um, so, uh, if you are into this topic, if you have, if you have stories that you want to just talk about, um, relating to the evil woman topic or the trope or whatever, please feel free to, um, comment or share on our social medias. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you don't have social media, that's totally fine. You can email us at possibly haunted podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, especially like, are you into this topic or are you not? <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about, you know, evil men? Do we want to have that topic as well because there are stereotypes placed on that. Um, let us know. But regardless, if you are, <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to do Morgan's little uh, amazing spiel that she does, but my, my episode's kind of a little dark. So, you know, whether or not you s were chased by a huntsman, had to live with seven men while you cleaned their house. That's a whole different topic. Or whether or not you uh, blocked off your forest to keep out evil, evil humans. You could still be possibly haunted. Ooh.